In today's episode, we have Margot with Harmony Creative Studio based out of Los Angeles, California. And you guys, when you hear how she has turned her story from one of heartache to one of a massively wonderful business, it's just going to inspire the heck out of you. Take a listen. We are gathered here today to bring together the wedding community. Whether you are a seasoned pro, a newbie planning to start your own wedding business, or an engaged couple hoping to see behind the scenes, we're here to share tips, tricks, and laughs with you as we talk weddings. The Union Podcast is a show that aims to build a community for those in the wedding planning trenches. Join Jamie Wolfer, Heather Laurie Fear, and special guests in roundtable discussions about the challenges and joys of the wedding business. And now, here come your hosts, Jamie and Heather. Thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to chat with you, Margaret. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. How about we start with learning a little bit more about you because, you know, you were intro to us and we haven't personally gotten to connect with you before. So we'd like a little, you know, overview of your background. Yeah, absolutely. I was not always a wedding planner. I, my company, Harmony Creative Studios, has been around for 10 years now. There's been some bumps and everything that we'll talk about, but for that, I was a retail consultant, which means that I worked for a consulting firm out of New York and I worked on brands like Nike, Lucky Brand, Cotton On. So anytime you go into a store and you see like different fixturing for Ben Sherman or Lucky, you know, in a Macy's or another large space like that, the company that I worked for made all the signage, all the fixtures and everything looked different. That was kind of my job. And after the uh, economic downfall in 2008, the company that I worked for started to move away from creative and into merchandising management. So I was doing less creative things. I was doing less fixture design, doing less, you know, account design. And I was doing more management of like a small army of merchandisers that would keep up these spaces. Mm. That wasn't really what I had signed on Mm. for. Luckily, they kind of changed what I was doing. And I started working in an office because they had an account with Yahoo. Everyone remembers Yahoo kind of before Google took over the internet. And what I was doing at Yahoo was I was a go between Yahoo and the company that I was working for making products and store spaces. There used to actually be Yahoo stores, if you can believe it. But I'm sure you won't have any trouble believing that the only people who wanted things that said Yahoo on them were the Yahoo marketing and events department. (laughs) They wanted swag. (laughs) Nobody else. Like the general public was not interested in buying stuff that said Yahoo or like the little Y with exclamation point was called the Y bang. Everything was the Y bang. There were sweatpants. I still have luggage that says Yahoo. Like when I travel, people think I work for Yahoo still because everything like my, from my backpack to my luggage says Yahoo on it. (laughs) But yeah, people get asked me constantly. I'm like, no, I used to be consultant for them and not anymore. And they're like, we didn't know Yahoo was still a thing. I'm like, I don't know either. I haven't worked for them for 10 years. (laughs) But hey, no confusion at the baggage carousel for you. Very easy. No, they're very specific things, but it was so interesting because when I was working in that role, I worked a lot with the events department to throw holiday parties and other things. I'd always loved throwing parties. I became really enamored with that. And at the same time, a couple of my friends were getting married. They were like, you could help us with that. You just did that big holiday party. This is the same, right? Like that's kind of just kind of the origin story. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I helped a couple of them. I discovered that I really loved weddings. 
it was different than corporate events. They were more personal. I just decided that I liked that more. So I worked under a wedding planner and then I kind of phased my career out in little steps. I went part-time with my job. I formed my company. Then a year later, when I married my husband under his insurance, you know, because we all <laughs> yeah, that's, like literally yeah. that was when I quit my job yeah. because, you know, it was in little phases, little steps. And so since then, uh, Harmony Creative Studio has gone from, you know, just this thing that lived in my head to an actual company. We you know we used to do 30, 35 weddings a year. Then we went to 20, 25 weddings a year. And now we only do 12 because I have, even before the pandemic in 2018, I started to pivot my brand more towards education, speaking, education, courses, online space. And because of that, I wanted to limit the number of clients so that I was able to give them the same amount of my attention because a lot of my attention was elsewhere with education. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my origin story. There it is. <laughs> I mean, it's a great story. And I feel like I relate with so much of what you're saying of, cause we are within the last, I don't know, 18 months or so we've, we've made that pivot towards the educational spectrum as well. And then to, I mean, I severely limited the amount of weddings I took on one cause yeah. I moved to a new state and uh, no one really knew I was here. So <laughs> I wasn't going to fly back to California a bunch of times. Cause that's just not profitable. And right. two, because when you're doing a pivot like that, it can be very time consuming because you're building out a whole new set of systems, which you yep. did in the beginning. And now you have to like reinvent it, but to a slightly different audience, but it's kind of still all the same subject. So that pivots really uh, an interesting one. And I'm grateful that I'm not doing it on my own. I've got Heather obviously to just <laughs> help handle literally all of the complicated stuff with tech and stuff like that. But I think it's super cool that you do motivational speaking as well. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's uh, motivational speaking is not something that I ever envisioned myself doing. It was born out of a necessity. People were asking me about it because I should backtrack and say that my business is 10 years old, but I've actually only worked in it for seven years. And one of those years is a pandemic, obviously, but two of those years were years that I had to take off because three and a half years into my business, I was suddenly diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So I had to take several years off of my business do all the things, chemo, radiation, surgeries. If you hear kind of a, la a labored breathing, it's because I'm actually missing one of my lungs because they found a metastasis in one of my lungs. So they had to remove the entire top lobe of my right lung. Oh, wow. So it's not... It's not COVID related. It's not, you know, mm -hmm. it's not even related to the, you know, a bunch of weight that I gained because I was on hormones. It's literally just like having to learn to breathe again, oh, but wow. what a journey. So yeah, it's been a whole thing, but because of that, people were asking me to talk about how I kept my business alive, to talk about my experience, to talk about, you know, dealing with, you know, being a business owner and going through something like that. So I not only speak to wedding professionals, to wedding conferences, things like that, but I also speak at medical conferences. I've spoken at oncology conferences. I speak about female patient advocacy. You know, that kind of stuff is also very near and dear to my heart. And so when I say like motivational speaking, that's really the side that I'm talking about. Like I motivate wedding, but you guys can't see, but I'm like, I got the air quotes <laughs> with my fingers. Like I can motivate like wedding professionals and talk about educational stuff and business stuff. 
But the real motivational speaking when I use that term is more when I'm speaking about my health journey Mm -hmm. and, you know, speaking about advocacy, because over the course of my treatment, I had 14 different doctors. Wow. I actually had a great, a better than usual experience because I live in Los Angeles. So there's, this is a place where you can find a lot of great medical care. And a vast majority of my doctors were women Mm. randomly. The same doctor who did the surgery on Angelina Jolie famously was one of my doctors. Mm -hmm. So even though they were women, I still would have these weird experiences where they would say things like, do you want to wait for your husband before we talk? Oh, interesting. And I would say, does it matter? Does he need to be here? And they'd be like, no, we just, you know, most people want to wait. And I'm like, I'd like you to talk to me for me, and then we'll loop him in as necessary. And that kept happening. And so that's kind of what prompted me to start talking about the things that I do when I talk to the medical space. Yeah. I think there's a lot there. I mean, our audience is, I don't know, 99% women. So it's something I think women need to hear and be aware of that in the medical space, sometimes women are not treated well or listened to well, is I think a lot of times the issue from my experience, but did you want to talk about that a little bit? Cause I think it might be, it's just an interesting correlation because the wedding industry is, it's not 99% women, but it is, it's a lot of women. It's more female centric than a lot of other industries, Mm -hmm. but we still come across some of the same things that I was dealing with in that I've been spoken down to by plenty of male catering leads male DJs, mm-hmm. male venue owners, you know, and while I don't assume that everyone is being a misogynist, I do assume that there are some, you know, gender aspects that are at play, which I always find really interesting in an industry where there are a lot of women. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that looks at people and be like, have you been able to speak to other people like this? Cause I don't accept this kind yeah. of talk. You know, Mm -hmm. so it is correlative in that there were things that kept happening during my treatment that I noticed were similar to the things that were happening on the job space. And it's it's interesting that I had that perspective, like from a, a female point of view. And then the last year and a half, we've been doing a lot of work as an industry about not only that, but also how there's racial disparity and there's things like that in our industry that I wasn't aware of. You know, Mm -hmm. even as someone who is painfully aware that there are gender disparities. Mm -hmm. So it's just been interesting to finally have those conversations out loud. Because if we don't have those conversations out loud, if we don't say the quiet part, which is that there still are people who act that way on job sites, then younger professionals coming in may not understand that that's not the way it's supposed to be, Mm -hmm. that people aren't supposed to act that way. Those are jerks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) because I think that's like some of my assistants, oh my gosh, my poor, wonderful assistants. One has been spanked on her booty during one of our events by guests. Oh my God. Yeah. And she didn't tell me about it until several hours later. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? She's like, oh, I just, I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to cause a scene in front of this event. I didn't want to this. I was like, okay. Wow. (laughs) For the future, Mm -hmm. if that ever happens again, that's an immediate thing that you need to tell me. You know, like just stuff like that I have found happens a lot. And I would like to have it not happen because yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, I don't want, like I don't want to people not. to think that that kind of stuff is normal, right. you know, like Ooh, I don't know. that we actually now have a clause built in to our contract, as I'm sure oh, you yes. do, where you're just like, oh, mm, yes. one hint of that. And we are out. Yeah. We are out. Yes. 
Yeah, I told her, I was like, if you had told me at the time, it would have been this guest has to leave Mm -hmm. or we will be leaving because that's what my clause says. And I don't know if younger people in our industry know that that is something that you can have, you know, power over. You can have, you know. Yeah, your safety and your... like your comfort to work in a professional environment where you're not feeling unsafe. It seems pretty much like a baseline foundational thing that you should have. Yeah. So we have several clauses about that, about we have abuse clauses, we have safe work environment clauses. And if those are things that you're listening to and you don't know what I'm talking about, should probably look into it quickly with your attorney, because in our industry, let's just face it. We are people who on a base like on our base level, we plan events that are full of drunk people. Like <laughs> true. Yeah. I, unless you are a planner that does all dry weddings, right. you know, we are around drunk people all the time. And that is a recipe for bad behavior. As much as you want to have, like, you know, you want to believe in your fellow humans. Like that's just something that happens when you have hundreds and hundreds of drunk people that you have to interact with every right. year. So uh, you have to have these things in place. And a lot of them have that mentality of like, I'm going to let loose. So more so than just, I'm going to go celebrate this love story. And really it's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to go hard. It's going to be an open bar and I'm going to act weirder than I would in my normal life. Like it's so much more than just, Hey, I might kick back too many Sauvignon Blancs. It's like some people go there to go, I'm going to let loose. So to have those in place, it's like, cause that's wildly different than like working at an arcade where beer happens to be served. You know, it's such a different experience. I'm going to this epic event. And I will behave abnormally. Right. Yeah. And then there's a level where we are serving our clients, where we are there as someone who is supporting the day happening. And for some people, then that gets twisted into like, what is that role? And I feel like it shouldn't be going into these weird places, but it can. So yes, protect yourself, have it in your contract so that you're able to leave if you're feeling uncomfortable. I think that's a very wise recommendation. And really it's putting a boundary there. It's putting a safe boundary for yourself with the client. And Jamie has, you know, been known to talk about boundaries a few times. I love boundaries. I love them so much. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a client-based customer service focused business. Do you have any recommendations for better handling clients with unreasonable demands or unrealistic expectations? Hopefully not about, you know, squeezing someone on the bum, but you know, beyond that. The wedding day is, is finality of it. It's the end result of whatever boundaries you've put in place. And as much as you cannot control every guest that's at a wedding, they subconsciously or not respond to how the couple treats you, how the family treats you, how the other vendors treat you. And so that's why it's important to, you know, set those boundaries from the very beginning. I talk a lot and I have a course on and I'm going to have a VIP day that's coming out. I'm coming out later. That's all about onboarding for wedding professionals because I think that the initial touch points with your clients are where you have to set those boundaries. You have to set those standards because if you don't, from the very beginning, it is so hard to try to write that ship yes. in the middle. I think a lot of people found that out the hard way during the pandemic when they were like, Oh, I got to write this ship now. And I got to start being firm about things or holding boundaries. And they found that it was very, very difficult to do if you had not been doing that from the beginning. And the reason that I know it works is that during the pandemic, I had no clients yelling at me, crying, screaming, any of that. They all were very firm on what they were going to have to pay, 
what was going to have to happen. Because I had spent so much time and effort in the beginning of our relationship, setting those boundaries, setting those, you know, setting all everything up for our relationship that it pays off in the end. And in the pandemic, it paid off big time for me. All of my friends were like, Hey, you seem like you're fine. (laughs) I'm drowning. (laughs) My clients are terrible what are you doing that I'm not doing? And I'm like, well, I'm doing onboarding a lot better than you are apparently. (laughs) Like, I don't know how else to put it, so. Okay, friends, we are just gonna pause for just a moment because we need to talk about this because HoneyBook is offering this ridiculously good screaming deal where for a dollar a month, for eight months, you can have HoneyBook. Like you can start using HoneyBook. So if you've been on the fence, Now is the time to take that leap and check them out. A dollar a month for eight months. That's $8, okay? That's like two cups of bougie coffee. So if you guys are interested in signing up, head on over to theunionpodcast.com slash dollar. D as in dog, O-L-L-A-R, because it's only going to cost you a dollar a month. Go sign up. Yeah, like setting the tone early on in that working relationship of here's what we do, here's what we don't do. I literally felt myself like nodding along with everything that you're saying because we've all been (laughs) through that. Where in the beginning, we did an interview recently where it was like, is your money green? Then I'll take you. Like just in the very beginning, it's almost that desperation. Then you learn really quick. If I do not get very clear with my communication, things could get dicey here. And yeah, I think we saw a lot of people in 2020 go, oh, shoot. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Wait, why are you mad? This is not my fault. Oh, and then it just, I think we all are taking that opportunity to like sit back and reflect on how can we handle this differently? Because that's something I love to do at the end of every event, whoever I'm working with, I'm like, let's powwow. What went well? What could have been improved Mm -hmm. upon? And to take the time to do that for your business as well is so important. So it's good to hear that like, obviously it sounds like you've got people around you and you have (laughs) clients that pay you in this capacity as well, like to help them with their businesses, correct? Well, I have online courses. courses. Okay. Yeah. Right now I have online courses. People long asked me for coaching. I just didn't have the bandwidth for it. So I discovered this thing called a VIP day, which is like, you know, a let's do it now. Let's get it done. All that kind of stuff. So I will be, you know, launching one of those for onboarding, which is like, if you're a DIYer, if you're out there, I have an onboarding course, it's a hundred dollars. You can buy it and you can, you know, go with God. But if you're a person who maybe buys an online course and does two lessons and then (laughs) maybe doesn't do all of it, you know, maybe the handholding element of a VIP day is for you. So that'll be the first time that I'll be offering any kind of one-on-one coaching with me. Up until this point, it's been online courses. It's been through my summit, which we can touch on in a minute. Mm-hmm. It's been through speaking, you know, I speak at like wedding MBA and the special event and at, you know, smaller local groups, like, you know, I'll be leaving in a week to go to NACE Dallas and talk to them about kind of the same thing. So I've been doing it on that level, but I'm excited about the opportunity to really get in there and do some one-on-one coaching. It's just taken me a while to figure out what capacity I could do that Mm. to really serve other people and have it not take over my whole life because I really want to help people, but I don't know if online coaching or membership programs, those were never really for me. So I'll let people like, you, people like, you know, some of our other mutual educator friends take kind of a longer approach to coaching. It's just my personality. It doesn't work for that. 
So, Hey, different strokes for different folks. We yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this wedding summit series you set up. Tell us a yeah. little intro. What is it about? And then what was, I guess, your goal with putting this out there to help clients? Yeah. It's interesting because, so again, during the pandemic, I found myself a lot more bandwidth than I was used to. I yeah. think after a certain point, we all did after the first six months. So the first six months for me here in Los Angeles were rescheduling everyone to the fall and then rescheduling everyone again to 2021 because in LA we couldn't do anything. Right. So after that first kind of scramble to get everybody, you know, squared away in August, I found myself looking at a very empty calendar for the rest of 2020. It, not out of, because I didn't want to do anything because I was literally not allowed like a lot of yeah. people. I've been wanting to get, you know, something I've always loved like conferences or summits or anything like that. And I was like, oh, I'd done a couple online summits during the pandemic because people could only do online stuff. And I was like, that is a really fascinating model. And there was another educator, Heidi Thompson, who's a friend of mine, who was doing the only summit that I knew of that was speaking to wedding professionals. I know that you guys have a summit that is speaking towards wedding couples. Mm -hmm. That's B2C. So we do B2B, which is business to business. But Heidi only talks about sales and marketing because that is what she is an expert in. So her summit was very specific. And I said, I really love the summit model. Wouldn't it be interesting if we could do a deep dive into a different topic every time to give people kind of a newer experience? I could meet educators, I could have this, you know, <laughs> this experience where more people could find me, more people could get education. And we started the Wedding Summit series. The very first one that we did was February of this year. We've now done two. And we did it with the deep dive topic of community because mm. that is what people needed at that point was connection. It's something that really helped me in my business when I was coming back into my business after taking those two years off from cancer. Mm -hmm. Because if I was being really honest with myself before cancer, I was one of those people that was like, I can't be friends with other wedding planners. I don't want them to know what I'm doing. I don't want them mm. to know what I'm charging. You know, it was that kind of mentality, which I think a lot of people fall into, which sounds okay until you realize that the wedding industry is small and life is long mm. and that's not sustainable. You know, <laughs> it's just not, especially when you want to find someone to talk to about these problems. And, you know, the only other people that know about wedding planner stuff or other wedding planners. Yeah. Um, so when I came back into my business from cancer, I was like, I'm going to set about fixing that. So I went about, you know, making true yeah. connections, joining associations, going to more networking events with the intention of not spraying and praying with the intention of like actually meeting people and starting relationships with them. And because I knew that that was the thing that had really worked for me after I came back into my business, I knew that it would be something that would work for the wedding industry at large coming back into their business after the pandemic. So that's what we did our first summit on. Since then, we've also done one on design. So obviously that's very different than community. So we do like a different topic every time. Mm -hmm. We have a bunch of pre-recorded presentations. We have live panels. It's just kind of a time for people to kind of reconnect, learn new skills, 
at a really deep level for one specific topic and not feel like they're bombarded with all of the things <laughs> that can sometimes happen at your more traditional conferences. So as much as I love Wedding MBA and some of these bigger conferences, and I do, I truly do. I went to them for years and years before I ever spoke at them. It is a lot. Yeah. Like it's a lot of information yeah. about a lot of different topics and it's awesome and it's great, but sometimes it helps to be a little bit more focused. Mm. So that's what we've been trying to do. I really love that people can come and connect with people all over the country and then keep those connections going because we try to pair people up with accountability buddies and accountability I groups and like stuff like that. So yeah, those are the things that I like. About That's it. really cool. I'm actually going to wedding MBA for the first time this year. And awesome. I am so overwhelmed by the amount of speakers, <laughs> by the amount of, because also with what I do with YouTube, I like to cover all the topics. If I'm not an expert, I want to go learn from someone else who is so I can convey that appropriately in videos. So I'm like, oh, I should figure out who I'm going to go listen to and what I'm going to, there are so many speakers. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff and it is very, very worthwhile because where else are you going to get that kind of immersive experience? You know, there's so much to be said for even, you know, walking the hallways at Wedding MBA and meeting new people. And it's one of the reasons it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. So I'm excited that you're going to get to experience it because it is definitely an experience. I try to do whatever I can to replicate something like that in an online space, but the online summit is a lot of work. People have asked me if I'm going to bring it into the real world. And the answer is no, <laughs> because it's a lot of work. And I see all the work that Shannon does with Wedding MBA. And I'm like, I know I'm good. I'm going to stick with my online summit and my pre-recorded presentations. Right. And that's about it. So. Although you have branched out, you said before we started recording, because like we run people through a spiel before mm -hmm. we get going into things of like, here's how this goes. Here's what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. Mark was like, oh, I've been on over a hundred podcasts <laughs> at this point. It's fine. And we're like, what? what? Yeah, exactly. We yeah, are. I think we've even recorded a hundred <sighs> podcasts. We're close, <laughs> but I don't think we're quite there. Yeah. I mean, I've done a bunch of podcasts for the last four years. I've been just about on every wedding podcast that you can think of. Like if you search up a wedding podcast, I've probably been on it or I've scheduled to be on it or something like that. But I'm also on a lot of podcasts for the medical space, you know, mm -hmm. mental health, you know, stuff like that. Like, so it's not just that, but I also want to preface it by the fact that like, I have a publicist who gets paid to get me onto podcasts to kind of pimp me out as it were. Well, not everyone needs a publicist. You know, it's very easy to submit yourself to podcasts. It just takes a little bit of time. And I decided that I would rather have someone else do that than me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you guys have a submission process for this podcast that people could get on, right? Yeah. 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 We do. Easy peasy. Yeah. Email us. <laughs> yeah. Info at the union podcast.com. Send us a message. You want to join us? There you yeah. go. We are backlogged. We are not recording until <laughs> 2022. So it's, we're a ways out. I don't yeah. know when this episode's dropping. So it might yeah. be 2022 as you're listening and you're like, Heather, you're an idiot. But <laughs> anyway, the, the podcast Crazy. space is just something where I consume a lot of podcasts. Okay. I like to talk. So I like to be on a bunch of podcasts. Talking is something that comes naturally to me. It does not come naturally to everyone. Being on stage doesn't come naturally to everyone. So people have to lean into their strengths. And so that's why I've been on a, over like a hundred podcasts. I mean, it's got, it may not be a hundred, but it's close. It's a lot, you guys. It's like a lot, yeah. a lot. So 
(laughs) just because that's something that, that I consider a strength of mine, you know, Mm -hmm. other things are not, not strengths of mine. So, yeah. Oh no. I think it's a super powerful tool as a business owner to lean into your strengths. Even the fact that you're like, yeah, I hired a publicist. No, no, no. You leaned into your strengths and you're like, I would be so much better utilized doing this with my time than submitting myself to podcasts. And that's a hard thing to decide as a business owner sometimes is at least I know I went through this and I know some of our listeners can relate is wanting to have ownership of all the things or it doesn't feel as genuine if you let someone else do it for you. You know what I mean? We're like, if I didn't touch it or if I didn't look at it or slightly micromanage the heck out of the situation, then did I even make it happen? So I think knowing yourself well enough to go like, look, I'll show up and I'll talk. Like, it's (laughs) going to be great. I'm going to enjoy it. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it too. But that knowing that that was not an effective use of your time. I completely agree. Yeah, for sure. Like I'll be very honest in the fact that I hate reels on Instagram. I think, wait, why do you hate reels? (laughs) It takes so much time. I don't making them. Okay. Making the reels takes so much time. I have ceded that space to other people because I don't, uh, first of all, I don't like doing it. Second of all, it takes a long time. (laughs) And third, I was not seeing a huge return. So Mm -hmm. I would rather put my efforts into the summit or into being on podcasts rather than someone, you know, that I know that loves doing reels, you know, like Brandy Gar or somebody like that, who just, you know, is the queen of reels and she just pushes them out because she likes it. At least I Mm -hmm. hope she likes it. She seems to like it, but like, I don't like it. So I would rather put my energy into something that's really working out for me. And yes, Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes a lot of people coming into the industry think they have to be on Instagram. They have to be on Facebook. They have to be on YouTube. They have to be on Snapchat. They have to be on TikTok. And I'm like, pick one or two of those things. It's really working out for you. And put your efforts towards that because yeah. I don't even have a Snapchat or a TikTok. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm 42 years old. I could figure it out if I want to, but I don't want to. I love Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'll continue to use Instagram, but I won't do the reels and I'll just put my efforts towards other things. Yeah, yeah. that's been something I've waffled on is TikTok. We've talked about it so much on this platform. I'm sure everyone's like, Jamie and her TikTok saga's back at it again. But like, <laughs> Really, it's been one of those, do we join? Do we not join? It's so easy. You'll get so many followers. Like, it's great. You repurpose content. And I'm like, that's time. <laughs> no. Yeah. I did a an interview, a summit interview with Jose Rolone from Jose Rolone Events in New York. Mm-hmm. And Jose is like a TikTok star. He has three adorable children. He does all kinds of TikToks with his children. It's a whole thing. And I asked him, I'm like, what has it been like? And he, he says, well, it's, you know, it's work and it's this and it's that and it's everything. And he was kind of talking about it. And I was like, mm-hmm, no, that, no, no. <laughs> no, but for him, it has worked out great. And it's also, he's in kind of this weird thing where he can talk about weddings if he wants, but he's also talking about parenting and talking about his children and talking about his mm, life story. Yeah. And you know, all these other things where I don't know if I would want to get on TikTok and talk about me, myself, and I, and my life on a daily basis. Like, I don't know how comfortable I am doing that. I'm fine doing it on a podcast, you know, something that's going to live on the internet. Like I don't have any fear of talking about myself or my life, but I don't know if I want to do that every single day. Like, I don't know if I have the mental energy to do that. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, I understand. I'm like trying to become a <laughs> ghost on do. the internet. I'm just here behind Jamie, helping prop her up however I can, being like, everyone look at her. I'm going to buy like neon signs pointing at her. And I'm just honestly, like, at one point, I suggested, like, what if we record the video of this? Like, and we can repurpose it, we can use it as content elsewhere. And she's like, no, <laughs> no. And I was like, 
but you know, cause I'm, I love repurposing content or like if we could just do this and put this here or actually currently not doing effectively <laughs> as of recording this, but we have a plan to, we have a plan. No, we I like repurposing plan. content. I repurpose right. stuff from my presentations. I get the transcripts. I turn those into okay. blogs. I turn those into articles, you know, for stuff you can, you know, you're able to purchase the presentations from summits past, you know, cause they still have yeah. a lot of value, but yeah, I just can't get into TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever find yourself like, cause I do this sometimes I, of course I'm not on as many platforms. I just have my own mm -hmm. really where I just try to vary up what I'm saying. Do you ever feel like you're repeating yourself all the time? Yeah, but I think that you have to, I mean, I'm a consummate consumer of online business knowledge. I practice what I preach. I purchased a bunch of courses. To I purchased a several thousand dollar course to teach me how to do summits, right? Like, wow. Yeah. Because I didn't know what I was doing and it was the most helpful thing ever. Oh, that's also like, I've been on a couple of podcasts about summits also. Like that's just, <laughs> you know, if anything, I get a podcast on, I'll do it. But so I'm a consummate consumer of like online education and business stuff. And they're always saying, you think you're saying it too much. But there are plenty of people that haven't heard it or they're saying that like you have to, someone has to hear something seven times before they'll register it. And so whenever we have like a launch for one of our courses or we're doing promotion for our summit or anything like that, I feel like I'm talking about it so much that I must be bugging the crap out of people. And still I will get 50 messages the week after the summit where people are like, is it over? Can I still get in? I'm like, how is it possible that you missed this? <laughs> But they just do wow. because not yeah. everyone is looking at their Instagram all the time. Not everyone is mm -hmm. opening up every emails, emails end up in yep. spam, you know, like, so, yeah. and it's relevant to wedding professionals because if you have an email list or you're on TikTok or you're doing whatever, you may feel like everyone is aware that I'm out there. The clients just aren't coming, but not everyone is checking all the time. And so you have to keep putting your message out there into the world. Yeah. And those algorithms work against you. Sometimes you feel like you're repeating yourself, repeating yourself. It's like 10% of your yeah. audience is actually hearing your message at the best case scenario. And, and did they have the sound on? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we, so, don't, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. you didn't put captions. So who knows what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, you've got all these factors out there where it's just like, yeah. yes, just keep repeating yourself. Keep sharing your message. Keep dropping the way wisdom. And I think eventually you'll, you'll catch enough attention, but I mean, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. I know you've yeah. got a full schedule with all those podcasts and all the things. <laughs> no <laughs> more podcasts to do to get today. Well, hey. That's good. So you nice. rounded out the day and we're so grateful you took a little time to come here and inspire us. And then, I mean, you are truly an inspiration with all you've well, thank you. navigated mm -hmm. to keep pushing through and building your business and exploring with your creativity of going different directions. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that it's interesting because people say that. And at the time it was just me trying to get through things. And mm -hmm. because I don't have any children, I just have a very silly dog who just walked in. I looked at my business as like something that was keeping me going. So for me, it was like very natural to like keep going and think about business stuff, you know? So I didn't necessarily think about it as being like inspirational at the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm happy that people can take away from that because yeah. I think everybody needed a little bit of that over the past year and a half. Yeah. It was a rough pivot. I mean, yeah. hopefully for a lot of people, it wouldn't be the same exact pivot that you went through, but the fact that you could use your story and use your story in so many different capacities and with so many different industries and make such an impact, man. Yeah. Like, thank you so much for being here. I know that I'm taking stuff away from this episode, especially that last bit about not feeling like you're repeating yourself. Yeah. That was a genuine question for me. Like, I don't care if the audience got mm -hmm. anything from that. I was like, Hey, for me. Oh, I'm happy to be me. here. Thanks I, so much I, for I having me. <laughs> yes. Where can folks connect with you and learn more about the summit and all the different stuff you got going on? Yeah. Even though I just said, I hate reels. I am on Instagram. I do use Instagram a lot. <laughs> It's, I'm just at Harmony Creative. If you're looking for the summit, that's at Wedding Summit Series. And then I've done a lot of work on our, on customizing our websites. If you click on the link, you'll find a whole bunch of information on both of those Instagrams. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Go check her out and definitely take a look at this upcoming summit because that sounds extreme, extremely exciting. You've just walked down the aisle of today's episode of the Union Podcast. Thank you for celebrating today's show with us. We hope that you found a little gem of wedding wisdom from this episode. Please let us know your feedback by sharing a screenshot of this episode on Instagram. Be sure to tag at Union Podcast so we can hear your voices. Let us know what topics you'd love to hear about on future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Until next time, stay lovely, wedding friends.